You're listening to The Dworkin Report. I'm your host, Scott Dworkin. Republican Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell has transformed from the politician who used to brag about brokering the end to government shutdowns driven by his party's Tea Party elements into an almost robotic supporter of Donald Trump's government shutdown of choice over a fake national emergency. Recently, he helped drop sanctions on one of Putin's top deputies in the 2016 Russian election attack. To make matters worse, Donald Trump has some pretty obvious compromise over Leader McConnell by virtue of his wife's position in his cabinet. Mitch McConnell's political machine has links to a Russian-American involved in Mueller's probe, which I first revealed in February 2017, shortly after Donald Trump's inauguration. That's when some of my tweets about one of the Senate Majority Leader's major political donors sparked reporters across the country to document the flows of Russian-linked cash to high-ranking Republicans. And it turns out that the Russian-American giving money to Mitch has two longtime business partners who have been sanctioned under CAA TSA because of their roles in the 2016 attack on America's elections. That's the Russian sanctions bill which Congress basically forced Trump to sign as his first piece of major legislation in 2017. One of them just had those sanctions shockingly dropped and the New York Times reported yesterday that it was a total sweetheart deal for Oleg Deripaska. Last week, McConnell and his GOP Senate allies voted against a resolution that overwhelmingly passed the House, which would have kept those sanctions in force. Just last night, the Trump administration formally dropped sanctions on Rusal, EN+, and one other company owned by his top Russian-American donor's business partner. Soviet-Ukrainian-born businessman Len Blavatnik is a U.S. and U.K. citizen who lives in London and calls himself Russian on his conglomerate, Access Industries website. He's given a ton of cash to support Mitch McConnell and the GOP's Senate majority. Vlatnik's longtime business partner in Rusal is Oleg Deripaska. He fell under harsh U.S. sanctions for his publicly reported role as an integral part of the Russian attack on America's 2016 election, but an extensive lobbying effort involving high-priced American help, for example, from former Louisiana Republican Senator David Vitter, the Senate Leadership Fund is run by Leader McConnell's former chief of staff, Stephen Law, his right-hand man for many years. Access donated $1.5 million to the Senate Leadership Fund Super PAC during the 2016 election and another million through a subsidiary, which also gave another million in early 2017. That subsidiary is called AI Altep. Altogether, the Russian-American oil magnate has donated $3.5 million to McConnell's war chest. Though the checks seem to have stopped flowing in 2018, while other donors like the Adelsons and Steve Schwartzman of Blackstone made the largest contributions, totaling $50 million and $9 million, respectively. But only a handful of companies cut seven-figure checks to the Senate Leadership Fund, so it wouldn't escape Mitch McConnell that Blavatnik's firm is one of them. In fact, 
Blavatnik spread his cash around to several of the GOP's most prominent congressmen. Marco Rubio's pack got a million. A pack belonging to Paul Ryan raked in the big bucks, and he personally kept the Lindsey Graham campaign afloat in 2015 when he was a convenient punching bag for Donald Trump before he became a golfing buddy with America's most entertained, least hardworking, and most lazy president ever. Since then, Len Bovatnik's donation of a million dollars to the Trump inauguration has fallen under the microscope of special counsel Mueller's investigation. His other longtime business partner, Victor Vexelberg, is still sanctioned. In the four years since Bovatnik's political war chest opened up, consider that he made 6,000 recorded federal donations in the 2015-2016 election cycle. Mitch McConnell has taken a few steps that have surprised observers with his actions, votes, or deliberate inaction. McConnell's transformation from the independent leader of a branch of government has been on ample display during the recent government shutdown. For a month, he's ignored his ability to whip 20 votes and override a Trump veto to open up the government, leading groups like the Democratic Coalition, which I co-founded and am still part of, to buy billboards in his home state, blaming him for the shutdown. In one of the most infamous incidents during Russia's assault on democracy to support Donald Trump in 2016, Mitch McConnell disregarded the conclusions of America's nonpartisan intelligence agencies to put the kibosh on a unified statement from Congress's Gang of Eight. And last week, when the Senate voted to uphold sanctions against Blavatnik's business partner Oleg Deripaska, whom we know probably collected the Trump campaign's internal polling data from Paul Manafort's co-conspirator Konstantin Kalimnik, it was unusual to see McConnell's break from House Republicans who voted in droves with Democrats. The Senate vote failed 57-43, to 43, while the House vote against Deripaska was 362 to 53, with an overwhelming majority of Republicans voting against Trump's Treasury Department plan to drop sanctions. Of course, Bovatnik's poll has always been about the access he named his company after. For starters, he was partners with Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin in the filmmaking business, all the way up until the summer after Trump's inauguration. Forbes currently estimates Blavatnik's fortune at $17.6 billion today. Lim Blavatnik has a long, colorful career, which began at Harvard, which awarded him an MBA in 1989, which led to his first major bad governance scandal just a few years later in the mid-90s. That's when he enticed Russian immigrant professor Andrei Schleifer, then in charge of the Harvard Project, the private venture which strongly guided post-Soviet privatization and financial market policies, to make an improper investment into the Renova company. That conflict of interest led to the collapse of the Harvard Project, a $104 million lawsuit, and a $31 million settlement from Harvard in 2005 to the federal government and other entities. But Bovatnik's access industry still ascended to the top of the Russian oil business in partnership called AAR for Alpha, Access, and Renova. They created a company with a complicated past and present called TNKBP. Ironically, Renova Corporation, the same company which Harvard's professors 
bought leading them to the scandal is owned by another Russian oligarch, Victor Vexelberg, whose payments to Trump's personal lawyer, Michael Cohen, and attendance at Trump's inauguration have led to special counsel Mueller stopping him for questioning. He's also the chairman of the Bank of Cyprus, an offshore haven for Russian cash in which Trump's Commerce Secretary, Wilbur Ross, served as vice chairman. Another partner of Bovatnik's is Alpha Bank, Russia's largest privately held bank, and the Trump campaigns whose mysterious communications through a special email server are documented, but their contents are still a matter of public debate. British former MI6 agent Christopher Steele mentioned Alpha Bank in his world-famous dossier about the Trump campaign. This episode of the Dworkin Report is brought to you by Resistors Like You. We aim to keep this show independent for as long as we can. Visit DworkinReport.com to see how you can help out. One of the best ways is by hitting that contribute button in the top right and giving what you can. Thanks again for your support. Let's get back to the show. Limbo Fatnik and his partners who bought oil companies on the cheap from the Russian state and took them the TNK BP Venture, a deal that resulted in an unpleasant breakup with the British oil giant. Ultimately, Putin himself ordered Rosneft, the largest state-run oil company in Russia, made famous in Steele's dossier. Russia's president personally ordered the state-run company to buy out Blavatnik's shares in the partnership known as AAR, cashed out of TNKBP, but kept BP as a nearly one-fifth partner in the newly enlarged Rosneft to this day. You can see how having the UK's largest oil company possessing a massive stake in Russia complicates our allies' statecraft from this deal as well. The AAR partnership, including Blavatnik, allegedly engaged in high-level harassment of BP in order to effect a breakup of their oil venture. In Russia, they call it Raiderstivo, which translates as corporate raiding. It always involves breaking the law, but getting official permission to do so through an alliance with local or national law enforcement. Things got so bad at Blavatnik's Russian oil venture that his partner, BP's CEO, was kicked out of Russia by being denied a visa. Nobody ever figured out if it was the Russian state or the AAR partnership which harassed BP, but it's well known that none of it was punished. One of TNKBP's former attorneys is still living in exile in New Jersey today, having been on Russia's Interpol list for nine years on trumped-up charges. Putin paid $55 billion for TNKBP, which gave a windfall of $27.7 billion for Vexelberg and Bovatnik to split in 2013 with two other partners, $7 billion each, right before Russia's invasion of eastern Ukraine and Crimea in February 2014. It was great timing to get lots of liquid cash into those two oligarchs' hands, right before much of Russia was sanctioned in retaliation for Putin's land grab. Lovatnik subsequently only became heavily involved in U.S. federal politics for the first time just a year later in 2015, 
and Senator McConnell's super PAC was one of his earliest and largest beneficiaries. Amazingly, both Vexelberg and Bovatnik are still fighting over the dissolution of TNKBP, being sued for $2 billion in a New York court by a silent partner named Leonid Lebedev. And this past March, they lost a significant legal decision. But Lebedev and those close to him report harassment, including pressure from Russian police. Consider the kind of leverage Trump has gained over McConnell since the 2016 election just by hiring his wife Elaine Chao as Secretary of Transportation. It's well known that McConnell was never a wealthy man until he married Chao, whose family from Taiwan owns a vast global shipping fleet. It's a facially obvious conflict of interest to place an industry insider like her in charge of the federal agency which oversees every port in America. But Donald Trump's administration specializes in open graft, and her position can't help but be financially meaningful for both her family and her husband, the GOP Senate leader. Moreover, Trump benefits from having Chow on his cabinet by having an easy button to press to keep McConnell in check. If Mitch doesn't play ball, his wife gets fired. And as we've seen, the next Trump firing and slandering session is rarely more than the next tweet away. One nasty Trump tweet could tarnish his wife's reputation, put his in-laws and therefore his money at risk, and lead to financial disaster, as well as the kind of reputational harm that could cost him his precious Senate seat in the 2020 elections. The craziest part of it all is that Elaine Chow wouldn't even have to do anything to face a public naming and shaming, since the Department of Justice already reported that she violated the Hatch Act with her illegal political activities while in office for the Bush administration. Former Bush White House Ethics Counsel Richard Painter was quoted in the 2011 Congressional Report by Henry Waxman, which describes illegal electioneering by the Bush administration's federal agency chiefs, which if you heard him on MSNBC, well, you'll have to close your eyes and imagine that I'm reading this with his prairie twang accent he says quote concurrent political and official roles put people in a position that is difficult and arguably untenable critics will blame office of political affairs staff members and other officials who engage in political activity for poor ethical judgment when problems arise these problems however may be inevitable if government officials continue to be asked to perform official and political roles concurrently the public image of the White House and the rest of the government will suffer as a consequence, said Painter. There's nothing to stop Donald Trump from quickly dredging up that congressional report and using it as a public pretext to, rightfully for once, fire Mitch McConnell's wife and excoriate her for being corrupt. If Trump cans Chow, McConnell becomes that much more vulnerable in Kentucky, a state which is heavily dependent on the Affordable Care Act's protections and subsidies, a state which has a stronger approval rating of Donald Trump than Mitch McConnell. But still, we don't ascribe all of the Senate leader McConnell's decision-making to any one of these specific items because, like any person, he surely weighs all of these factors and is influenced by others subtly or, or not. 
Senators know who cuts a $3 million check to help their political fortunes. Senators know that releasing a hair-raising, deeply negative government report about their party's presidential nominee will cost them votes, just like senators know that having their wife unceremoniously fired in front of the whole world would have extremely awful consequences. But the Russian-American donor stroking those big checks is an obvious reason for Mitch McConnell to abandon the GOP's traditionally hawkish stance against Russia, just like his party's abandoned its hawkish stance against ISIS towards bigger deficits, towards a lot of things that dramatically change, all of a sudden, when they are in power and stand to benefit. Senator Mitch McConnell has enraged millions of Americans by abdicating his responsibility to act as a check on the president in his independent branch of government, rather than act as a rubber stamp in a dependent branch of government. Mitch McConnell's big Russian-American donor should be of significant concern to every American who wants our government to be free of foreign influence. McConnell's follow-the-money ties to Russia are part of a bigger picture, where the president is being investigated for being a counterintelligence threat and the Senate Majority Leader covered up the early stages of that investigation for an electoral benefit, and now he's protecting his wife, not the American people, impacted by Trump's government shutdown. I want to thank my producer, Grant Stern, for helping assemble this episode. I want to thank uh, our folks at the Democratic Coalition for their hard work on this investigatory piece. You can visit our website at dworkinreport.com. Thanks again for listening. Onward! Onward!